Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodonna, along with assistant sports editor Will Kennedy. And uh, football's in full swing now, Will. I mean, we've got a couple weeks under the belt for the high school teams. College is underway. Uh, things are looking like a, quote, normal football season, whatever that means anymore. Um, but uh, just first, before we start with, like, some specifics, Will, just what, just what is it like? I mean, you're a huge football fan, obviously. What is it like seeing the somewhat normalcy of, uh, you know, the start to the season? for football yeah. for high school and college. Yeah. I, I told you this, uh, I think the first game I went to Holland Christian Holland, that was my first high school football game since I graduated high school in 2013. Um, so I wasn't really, uh, knowing what to expect just in high school football in general. But, um, I, like I've mentioned a few times on the pod, I'm a huge college football guy. I worked for college football teams. Um, last year was really hard not being able to go and, and see college football live. It, it, it took a toll on me mentally. And, and that's kind of the, the thing you do with your friends, you get together and you, you, my friends live all over the country, you get together for a game and, and that's sort of like your, your thing. But, but last year was hard. And, and obviously I'm not going to work with my friends watching football games, but, but just being on the field, taking pictures, talking to kids about football, watching football right in front of my face. I mean, it's, it's, it's boosted my, my morale about 1000 fold than it was over the past <laughs> year it's it's been it's been great and then saturday i spent 14 hours straight on the couch watching college football which was amazing that's awesome that's yeah. awesome that's the dream right there right <laughs> i love it i love it so um yeah so let's let's before we jump into high school let's let's start with the college i mean you you watch hope college and their uh their opening win over anderson um what was the atmosphere like there uh for their first game in you know a couple of years now and uh, just what did you see from them? Yeah, it was 651 days since the last time Hope played a game. Um, obviously, the last game was a playoff loss. Uh, they opted not to play 2020 because of COVID reasons. They didn't even play the spring season. So it would have been a, a significant amount of time. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote a column on this. It ran on Sunday, and it was just – you know, the game happened. It was a blowout. Hope Hope ran away with a victory, but it was just a, it was unbridled joy in the stands and, and on the sidelines. I mean, Peter Sturzma, coach of the Hope College, talked to me after the game. The first thing he said to me was just like, this is just the greatest. Like, I'm so glad to be back. And and, and it was so perfect. It was community night. There were, there were fireworks going off. I was, I was interviewing him and he was like, this is just the perfect setting. And, and we missed this so much. And uh, the student section, it was, it was packed. I mean, fans were overflowing onto the, the berm in the south end zone. Um, and I think Alan Babbitt SID told me that the total number of people sold was like, I mean, it's a small stadium, but it was like 4,300, uh, people in attendance. Um, which I mean, the hope side was packed. The Anderson university side was sparse, but it's, it's a long drive from Indiana, but, but it was just, it was just a celebration of, of football back in Holland and, 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 you know, life being back to normal. It, it was, it was incredible. And the team looked really good too. Yeah, what what was it specifically that they did so well? 
that looks that makes you look optimistic for them in the future. So I know Anderson's sort of like a I don't want to say a cupcake team, but but they're 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 a team that hope would typically roll over. Um, hope is sort of traditionally at least has been a very run heavy team, run first, run first. But I mean they they still are. They're not going to get away from that. But but at halftime, their total yardage marker were like 199 yards on the ground and 193 yards passing. So they were very balanced. And then at that point, they, they sort of just ran the ball, ran the ball because they were up by about 30 at halftime. So they didn't need to pass the ball anymore. Uh, but they were very balanced. They had a, a sort of two quarterback system with Joey Stark and um, uh, Chase Brown, uh, a senior and junior, respectively. Um, both guys did well, combined three touchdowns, two interceptions between them. Um, just got off the phone with Coach Thursma today. They're going to play Co College in Iowa. This Saturday, they're going to continue with the two quarterback thing. They're not sure who's going to go first, who's going to go second, but they're going to continue that and feel it out until they get to MIAA play, I imagine. Um, but the big news is, is uh, their leading rusher, or who's expected to be their leading rusher, was out last week, uh, Kenny Houston, um, who's medically unclear to play. He's back this week. And last week, a kid, Daniel Romano, stepped up. He didn't play much at all in his career as a junior. He had 134 yards and two touchdowns in, in limited action because he barely played in the second half because they were up so big. Um, so having Kenya back is huge. And then having a guy who you can like pair Kenya with, you didn't expect to have. I mean, this this running offense is going to be really good. It should be at least for, for, for the rest of the season. Very good. Very good. That's, yeah, it looks good for them. And, yeah, great to see them back on the field and just, uh, you know, that – little bit of things that were missing. I mean, a lot of sports ended up playing and moving seasons and stuff, but around here with Hope and Grand Valley not playing football the whole year, uh, there was definitely something missing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's good to see that back. So in Grand Valley, we'll start this week. They had their first first game canceled because of COVID, but it was because of protocols within the their opponent. There's uh, Grand Valley is uh, – their co- coach Mitchell has said that they're – uh, as of last week, that they're what he'd say ninety one percent vaccinated, and the other nine percent have had their first shot as of last week. So maybe some of them have had it again this time. So um, they they're uh, very sure that they don't want that to happen to them, um, at least on their end this year. And uh, I know that they had, um, you know, when this first came out, when everybody you know was went home and everything. I know Grand Valley had a couple of players on the team who had uh, COVID. It wasn't when they were on campuses. It was when they were at home. And uh, that really hit their teammates, hit home for their teammates, you know, and I think that that set the precedent for how Grand Valley was going to handle handle things. I know the school is trying to, you know, have, and a lot of, you know, public universities are trying to have, you know, full vaccination for on campus and in person, everything like that. But Grand Valley was, uh, especially the football program was starting that before that was even a mandate uh, because they saw firsthand, you know, what, what, what that was doing. And I think that was, um, you know, big for them. So hopefully they'll get started this week. Um, and then we'll see what they're, they're capable of, uh, you know, and it looks like it could be, it looks like it should be another really good season for them. And a really good season for them is, you know, a deep run in the division two playoffs. And it's, it's looking on paper, like they're definitely capable of that. So, uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing them this week. Um, so week one of the high school football season last week was like really exciting. We had a lot of big things, some big wins and all this kind of stuff. Week two was not, uh, at least from the victory standpoint, not as great for the area. Um, we only had two teams win. Hamilton's 2-0. and Saga took bounce back from their first 
the loss in week one to win. Um, everyone else lost. Um, so, uh, but you were at Fenville, uh, their, their home debut of eight man football, different atmosphere. Um, just what was that like? And the and first game in their new renovated stadium as well. What was the atmosphere like? And also just give, uh, since this is our first game of the area, give a couple of specifics of how eight man, besides just being eight people instead of 11 on the side, how it's, how it's different. Well, so yeah, this was my first eight man football experience too. And I sort of went into it blind. Just, I didn't do a ton of research on the differences because I wanted to just see it firsthand for myself and sort of experience it and be caught off guard. Maybe Um, the biggest difference really, honestly, maybe the only difference um, there's three down linemen as opposed to five. Um, you can bring a tight end and obviously, but, but the field itself is thinner. So like I was on the green part of the grass, taking pictures in front of the sideline. I was, I was taking pictures. And then one of the photographers came up to me. He's like, are you allowed to be there? Like this? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a thinner field. So it, it's maybe like five yards thinner on either side. Um, still a hundred yards, same distance and everything, but but yeah, that was like the key main difference. Um, Fenville did get a couple personal foul penalties because the kids had run out of bounds, but it didn't look like it was out of bounds because they were still on the green grass. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's going to take some adjusting to, I'm sure, because most of these teams they're playing have played eight man for years, whereas this is Fenville's first year doing it. Um, so they got a couple personal fouls there, but, but I mean, they looked, I mean, they still lost by a significant amount, but they were playing Martin, who's a state semifinalist last year. Um, they lost like 14 to 63 um, previous week. They lost six to um, 60. So like progress and, and they got Ben Peterson back. Who's their quarterback who looked really good. Um, when they get down to a, a, a level of competition, that's not like top tier and elite, which might not happen for a few weeks here. Their schedule is pretty tough. Um, they, they, they have a chance to, to be pretty competitive. I think Ben Peterson on quarterback run will look real good. And then Dylan shut um, Scott. I'm sorry. Um, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. He, he's, a, he's a pretty solid uh, receiver slash H-back kind of guy. He fumbled the ball a few times, but, but he's – when they run a jet sweep to him, he's, that's like their, their go-to play, and that's their big yard getter. Um, so they'll be fine. Richard Ross, it's his first season as coach too, first season coaching eight-man. So, you know, it's, it's, they're going to have growing pains, certainly, um, but they'll be fine, I, I think, in the long term. All right. And is it – so in the eight-man, is it more – is there – more passing is there more running or is it about the same balance it's just different as far as the scheme with the linemen you know i think it tends to be your, your personnel you have so i mean fenville uh, they're pretty candid about it they don't have the best athletes so they're not gonna just air it out all the time ben peterson did have a couple really good passes he had a touchdown pass of 40 yards and a touchdown pass of 50 yards which which were really nice um but they don't have the guys to do that every single play um so they're going to be a lot of misdirection a lot of jet sweeps, stuff like that. Um, quarterback run read option. Um, so it, I mean, it, it's just like real football, like 11 man, cause it's, you're going to base your scheme off your personnel. Um, sure. thing I would say is different is you're not going to see a lot of flex bone or triple option type stuff just because the field is so short and you need those like swing, those long sweeps to develop, um, right. in, a, in a longer field. So, so you don't have as much boundary to work with, but other than that, you know, it, it's gotcha. the field is the same, maybe a little bit more space to air the ball out if you got the guys for it, but you know, it's, it's not drastic. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And then we had kind of a reality check week for some of our other teams, Zealand East one big in week one, and then they got beat by spring Lake. 
Holland Christian beat Holland big in week one. They got beat by Forest Hills Eastern. And, um, you know, just, I mean, West Ottawa was in another, you know, close defeat. And Holland actually looked better than week one, but still lost to Comstock Park. So um, just what what do you make of where, uh, you know, wh- where those teams are and just what, I mean, you saw, you saw Holland Christian in week one, and then, you know, obviously uh, Lenny was there this week, but I mean, that's, that's quite the adjustment to what they were able to do offensively. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough for me to judge particularly because I know the teams in our area fairly well by now, just by going to practices and a few games, but these teams like Forest Hills Eastern, I have no idea how good they are. I've never seen them play. Um, So it's hard for me to judge. I mean, they could be a a, a potential state champion team. I've never seen them play. So is Zealand East losing to them that big of a deal? Who knows? Right. 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 Is that that big of a deal? Who knows? Um, I know their offense that looked really, really good in week one looked not as good in week two. Their, their big thing in week one was running the ball. Will Alderink was got like almost 200 yards on the ground. Didn't have much at all this week. They only scored seven points. The running game couldn't get going. I assume that's opponents are going to stack the box against them moving forward. So um, quarterback Reeves Taylor is really going to have to step up and, and, you know, be able to sling the ball. Um, so that that's something they're going to have to work on because when, when they don't stack the box against them, they're going to, you know, gash them for runs. So opponents are going to start stacking the box eight man front. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Zealand East. Um, I know they're typically, you know, really good team and, and, and high expectations, but new coach Joe Woodruff sort of told me at practice and everything's like, yeah, you know, you might want to temper these expectations for this team. You know, there's a lot of young guys playing. I mean, they're going to be good. Joe Woodruff is, I, I believe Joe Woodruff is a very good coach. Um, but they're young and they, they just don't have the experience as a, except for a couple guys like Tag Bonilla and, and Shea Hunderman, um, just don't have the experience. Uh, so you might want to temper your expectations for them a little bit. Um, I'm really excited. Especially for- defensively. I'm wondering, you know, uh, it, like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like most games you give the ball to Shea enough, you'll be okay offensively. Um, well, but I'm also, also spring Lake is a perennial playoff team. So That's it's not like, I'm not sure about how good they are. So, so if right. they're a playoff team, then maybe last week wasn't as, as bad as I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was. Um, but the gate lost, I think there's like 21 to 50 was the final score or something along those lines. Yeah, that's um, a lot of points. That's a lot of points to give up, especially when you got a guy like Tag Bonima. So, you know, they that was one of his biggest things was he was worried about tackling with the younger kids because you don't know how to tackle till you just get into it. Um, so, you know, make the adjustments, get back and, and, and work on it. Hopefully tackle better this week. But I'm really excited for the Zealand East game this week because they play Holland. Um, and I'm going to be at that one. And Holland, for the first six quarters of their season, six out of eight quarters of the season looked dreadful. Um, the first six quarters, they got outscored. Um, what was it? 58 plus 42 is a hundred, right? Yeah. Um, they outscored a hundred to six in the first six quarters of their season. But then in the final two, the last half against, um, Comstock park, yeah. Comstock park, they, I mean, they lost, but they, they, they outscored Comstock park in the final two quarters, 30 to six. Um, Zach Hopp, their quarterback, had a fantastic game. He had 300-plus passing yards, two touchdowns in the air, and 100-plus rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, so I'm really excited to see if they sort of benefited from from lackluster defense because they were already up by so much or if they actually finally turned a corner and are like, all right, we're here to play. It just took us a bit to get clicking. So I'm very excited to watch this matchup this week because it's two teams that 
we honestly don't know a ton about um, yet. Right. Right. And you, and just defensively, it seems like, you know, when, when the teams get going, offense is not going to be their issue yeah. for both teams. It seems like, I mean, with, you know, Zealand's giving up 50 points, you know, both of yeah. them giving up, you know, 50 points, it's, it's going to be whose defense makes the adjustments and, and you know, can make the stops. So yeah. that'll I, be really interesting. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a point of uh, excitement, I think for Holland or, or, or something to, to, to build on is that even when they are getting trounced by Holland Christian in week one, Holland Christian, even when they weren't, you know, they had their depth guys in, they weren't going full force. Holland Christian was still able to put up points on them and late into the second half. Right. Park couldn't get any points on them in the second half. So maybe they just turned a page and like their defense stepped up and, and they hope to carry that momentum into the Zealand East league. And it's going to be hard with a guy like Shave Hunderman, who's going to tote the ball and he's super fast and super elusive. So it'll be a good challenge. I, I, I I'm excited for that game. I mean, hopefully it's not a blowout. It seems like every game I go to is a blowout. So hopefully I get a fun game, a close game to go to this week. Sounds good. And then we've got uh, we have a couple couple wins we had this week. I mean, Sagatuck bounced back from their um, season opening loss where they, uh, you know, struggled to stop White Pigeon. And they, uh, you know, they won over Lakeview 45-7. Um, yeah. You know, it was – you know, you you go in thinking, hey, Benny Diaz is going to be the difference maker and stuff. In this game, Ben Drew had 173 yards rushing. Benny had 51 yards rushing on 15 carries, and then, uh, you know, Hart Durink had 101 yards passing and a touchdown. I mean, like, if those kind of things keep continuing, and it's not because there's going to be games where defenses figure out what they're what Benny they want to do with Benny. <laughs> like that's just the way it goes. Um, but if they can keep doing that kind of stuff and play the defense that they did, um, you, you know, this is, this could be a, a huge momentum swing for them this season, especially the first, I mean, the first game they played the team that eliminated them in the playoffs last year in white pigeon. And they had a lot of returning and they had clearly had a size advantage. I was there, you know, on the sidelines and it was very apparent they were winning the line of scrimmage, but soccer Tech also had six turnovers. So you kind of temper that with the fact that maybe it wouldn't have been, a blowout in the first game, not to say that white pigeon wasn't the better team on the field. Cause they were, um, but then, you know, you start to see some bright spots from other places now too. So this could be a very encouraging sign for soccer Tuck, which is good. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen them play in person yet, but sort of in their practice, I went into it. And when you got a guy like Benny Diaz, you just kind of figure, all right, if Benny Diaz isn't getting the job done, this team's not going to do much, but, but it was good. I mean, Benny Diaz, you said 50 yards on 15 carries. I don't yeah. even know how many yards per carry that is, but it's, it's not a lot. It's maybe three point something. Um, right. So if they were able to, to put a pretty big, uh, a pretty big win on the board with Benny Diaz doing virtually nothing on offense. Um, that says a lot about, you know, what Bill Dunn can scheme up for the other guys on his team. For sure. For sure. And then, uh, you know, West Ottawa lost to Mount Pleasant. Uh, their struggles continue. Um, but, uh, you know, Mount Pleasant is usually a pretty good team. I think they have uh, a good chance this week. Um, I forget who they play. They're playing um, Hudsonville. Hudson, yeah, so Hudsonville last year when they lost every game, Hudsonville they only lost by like one possession. It was the only one possession game they played all year. Um, so the guys who are returning from that team kind of know it's like, all right, we actually have a pretty good chance this week against this team. And Hudsonville's coming off a huge loss too, if I recall. Um, so, you know, th- this this could be that they're, they're – best chance so far to get that elusive win for sure for sure and then uh zealand west did not play they didn't have a week two opponent lined up 
Uh, it wasn't about COVID or anything like that. They just didn't have um, anybody on the schedule. Uh, they, they had a, an opponent, I think, drop out of the schedule early, you know, maybe in the spring, and then they just didn't get anybody, which makes sense sometimes harder. You know, better traditional programs have a hard time picking up opponents unless other teams are missing opponents too. So um, not sure how that's going to affect the playoff race or anything like that. I'm guessing Zeeland West will, ha- you know, on paper, they will probably have enough to make the playoffs, and okay. it should it should be a non-factor. But um, so that leads us to our only two and O team, the Hamilton Hawkeyes. Yeah, um, I would have not have guessed that from the you know just from you know the preseason. Not I'm not saying that I wouldn't have guessed that they could have won their first two games. I wouldn't have guessed that they would have been the only team that are that are two and I thought other teams would would be there with them. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, to say that I called that. I, I yeah, being a sleeper. They're on a they're on a really good uh they're on, this is a huge start for them to being a playoff team. I mean, they were in the everyone made the playoffs last year because of COVID and the way they did things, but Hamilton won some games in the playoffs and made a little run and you know ha- had a chance even in their last last game when they lost to South Christian, although it, they were, you know, it it was it was a weird year for them. They they had all these injuries, but they still they kept off the COVID grid. Yeah. The whole yeah. year um Quentin Sorens last year I was at the game I think like week two he like really hurt his ankle and I watched that game they ended up playing like four different guys at quarterback still made what the second or third round of the playoffs um just just kind of a wild situation with them but Sorens looks good from what I'm seeing reading I haven't seen them in person yet um but we'll be doing that soon um it's it's just you know they have this they won 16-8 and last you know they they haven't scored a ton. They're they winning, you know, they're winning. Weeks. They used to have uh a former coach named Chris Myers, and he used to we used to joke that in every post-game interview, he would he would co- say something about Smash Mouth football. Oh, and they they're back to that. I mean, they've had you know, you know, they've had tastes of that before, but they've also had really explosive offenses, you know, you know, in recent years and everything yeah. too. They're doing it. They're getting it done. Their defense is not – their defense hasn't allowed what they have – they've allowed like – 16 points all year. Yeah, 16 points all year. That's crazy. Now that now the, the offense hasn't scored 30 oh, all year no, yet either. Yeah. So it's a really interesting situation. But if their defense can play like that in the OK blue, they're going to be a really, really good team. And if their offense can keep, you know, keep the mistakes down and, you know, and, and make the most of opportunities that they have – this could be a really interesting year where we've had so many years of, you know, Zeeland West with the wing T and Zeeland East with their spread offense and all their weapons that they've had. And even Holland's had some years like that. And West Ottawa's had some years like that with the receivers. It's going to be really interesting if the dominant team plays a traditional run style, uh, you know, that just, you know, does it with defense and, and just, you know, works to the best of their ability. And it's not because they have some guy who's, six four that catches everything thrown their direction and everything like that's really interesting yeah i mean i i wouldn't go so far as to calling it a traditional run style offense i mean it's a it's a flex bone triple option so like it's the passing threats are minimal um so you know you're gonna i mean they're entirely built on ball control that's a team like that who runs an offense like that any team looking at the college level like army navy air force they're all about ball control they're about we're gonna have the ball. If it's a 60 minute game, we're going to have the ball for 45 of the minutes. Then good luck trying to catch up to our score with the 15 you have. Um, right. 
So that that's what they're all about. I don't think they're going to be a ton of high scoring games. I know week one, Phil Coops, their head coach said we didn't score enough, which was fair because they had a couple turnovers in the red zone and fourth down stops. Um, but this week he was, you know, pleased with it. Ball control, ball control, ball control, drain the clock defense does just enough to stop them from scoring one more point than you. And that that's, I mean, that's the kind of brand of football when you play this kind of flex and triple option, look, that's the kind of football you have to play. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, Zealand West kind of has that too, but they all, their wing T scheme seems to have, There's a, it's a bit more, more open. big playoff opportunity. Yeah, it's a bit more open. And, and that's not to say there isn't big play opportunity in the flex bone. Hamilton just hasn't hit that yet this season. Um, their their winning touchdown in week one was a 55 yard touchdown run. So they do have that big playability. They just got to find it consistently. Um, right. But you know, even if they do, is that what they want? Cause then, you know, they have a small roster. So the same guys who just ran for that 55 yards is going to come back and play linebacker right away. So right. I don't know if you necessarily want that when you have such small numbers like they do. Right. But it seems like a really good adjustment system of what you have too. Cause I, I mean, they they used to be a like run all the time team. They went to spread for a while. I mean, last year, I mean, Sorens can pass the ball. It's not like he, yeah, he can't do that. And so they had they did a little bit of more of that last year. But then they also had four different quarterbacks cycle through. Um, so just having that consistency and having that that scheme where they control more of the controllables yeah, is going to exactly. be an interesting factor um, for them. And that's I mean, two and zero now. I mean, they're obviously looking like. Uh, I don't want to say easily a playoff team because I wouldn't call anything easy, but um, they're looking great. And, uh, you know, this is a this is a huge step for them. So we'll see, you know, what, what kind of direction they, they go now um, as they get more into their conference schedule because their conference is I mean, they used to be in the green. So it's it's. They, they you know, I, I, I used to say I, I never really knew how good Hamilton was for a while because they could be the best team they've been in a decade, but that could still amount to losing to Muskegon, Mona Shore, Zealand East, and Zealand West. So then you're still like, you got to be perfect in every other game. Oh, and Unity Christian was in that green back then too, and they were a state champion. So like you could lose to five teams that are making the state semifinals, play your best season in your four and five. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now they're in the blue. It's a little different. They got, I mean, Unity Christian is there with them. Holland Christian is there with them. Um, there's definitely some, uh, Spring Lake is there. That's going to be a big test game. Um, there, so there's, there's, it's just a little bit different. It's not. There's definitely good teams and playoff teams in the blue, but it, you don't look at the schedule at the beginning of the season and go, "Well, if we're not perfect, and I mean perfect, yeah. we're not even making the playoffs." You know, like so that that opens up things a bit. I would, I would, um, I mean, I would put my money on Hamilton being a playoff team. Uh, this year they play this week, but this one is a huge challenge for them. I talked to their coach about it. I just forget Unity the Christian. They're playing yeah, Unity yeah. Christian. Yeah. So Unity Christian is obviously historically a very good team. Um, they're two and oh two put up like 50 points a game. Um, so this is gonna be a, a one. I mean, if you're putting up 50 points a game, I'm assuming you run a pretty high powered spread offense. Um, so this is gonna be one where that ball control thing really, really, really comes into play. Um, limit there if they can keep them to about 25 to 30 points they'll get they'll have a chance um but if they you know start getting up in the 50 if they go three and out two or three times in a row that might be that might be it for them right for sure it's going to be a good test and this will be you know just to see exactly where they are and it'll be you know it'll be a way they can really see the adjustments they've made and the progress they've made but also see 
you know, when you get to a caliber team like that, what's yeah. going to work in the future too. And I'm not obviously not counting them out in this game. I mean, they're, uh, they've played well against unity over the years and sometimes surprisingly well against unity over the years. Um, they really, uh, cause they're always uh defensive first kind of team. And that, uh, that sometimes rattles good, good teams. Cause so many teams, when you think of great high school teams, you think of the offense, but then you run into a team that maybe doesn't score a lot, but if they've got a really good defense, it just it creates a different kind of atmosphere. And I feel like over the years, Hamilton has done that to a lot of opponents. Um, and this could be one, but it's it's definitely going to be one of the most intriguing matchups um, of the early season because, they're, like you said, there's just so – those are, teams are so both really, really good and both really polar opposites on how they do things. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of gives in the middle for sure. Another one that will be like that is when Hamilton goes to play Holland Christian. Cause I mean, defensively, I, I don't know if they're that different, but, but offensively, I mean, it's, it's another thing where Hamilton's or, or Holland Christian's got that big spread. They got receivers. They got really good quarterback and, and, and running game. Um, whereas Hamilton's just like, we're going to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball and eat up all the clock. So you don't have a chance to use those weapons on the other side. So I'm excited to watch that game when it comes to. Yeah. And that'll be a good, uh, good rivalry game late in the season too. Uh, there and there probably will be a lot on the line. Yeah, exactly. In that season, I think it's in week eight. Uh, that's like our rivalry week where Zeeland East and West play each other the same day as Hamilton Holland Christian, and yeah. it's going to be a uh, maybe West Ottawa Rockford too. So it might be all three, <laughs> three big rivalries all at one in one week. So we'll see how that goes. But it, it, I like it. I like when the big rivals play late in the season. That matters because. That extra layer of things mattering uh, as far as playoff picture and conference titles and everything makes it so much more exciting when it happens at the end rather than, you know, even a close game at the beginning of the season. It's not, it doesn't have the same hype. So that's why Um, we're in in college footballs last week of the season. Right. And so, I mean, we've got a lot of, a lot of teams with potential here too. I mean, if Holland can, can, you know, keep progressing like they did in the second half of last game, that could make, make for an interesting game this week. Um, obviously Hamilton unity will be interesting. West Ottawa Hudsonville could be really interesting. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on, uh, you know, where everything comes back into play, um, for these teams after what they learned from this week. So, uh, it's kind of like a reality check week for a lot of teams, but a lot of times those reality checks, you will see what happens. It'll be really good for a couple of the teams that lost and it'll, maybe leads to a little more of a struggle for another couple of teams, but who, who those teams are, I don't have no idea. And maybe it'll be a great, uh, great adjustment for all the teams, you know, that kind of had that uh, awakening uh, week too. So, um, and then also how well is, I mean, Sealand West is usually like, you know, pretty much like clockwork, but it's gotta be weird for them to have a week off in week two. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it probably is weird for them, but at the same time, you know, it's just a bye week I, I mean, that system is so, such a well-oiled machine at this point. Like, yeah, John knows what he's doing over there. I, yeah, I, it's not, that's, that'd be the least team I'd worry about. Yeah, nothing's going to phase them at this point. I mean, they just are, are go about their business, do what they do and, and, and call it a day. Right. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good week this week and we'll bring you all the coverage um, as well as some other sports. We've got some other hope sports that have started um, and we'll, you know, be able to focus a little bit more on those when we get uh, into the season, as well as some more of the high school uh, the high school sports as well, but look out for feature stories in the Sentinel this week and early next week on those. And uh, yeah, get out and enjoy some football. There'll be a lot of it. 
Um, and we'll talk more about, uh, you know, Michigan, Michigan State as those seasons progress a little bit too. Um, kind of interesting. We had two interesting, or we had two local connections in the Michigan versus Western game. Luke Buckman from Holland plays for Michigan. Boone Bonima from Zealand East plays for Western. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got to be on the same field uh, as Michigan, you know, Michigan somewhat predictably won big. And uh, Michigan State, you know, had their moments too. So yeah, talk about that game. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but as, as the season rolls on, we'll, we'll definitely have more analysis on those, uh, those kind of things in our podcast as well. Um, but we'll let, we'll have a break on that as a Northwestern grad. Uh, but uh, you know, college football's back. That's the most important thing. And, you know, everything seems to be going, going well. And, uh, and as far as, you know, all the COVID stuff too, it seems like we're at a point now where, we're not worrying about team for the most part. I know it happened to grand Valley, but in the grand scheme of things, I haven't heard about too many other games canceled altogether. No, uh, and so like last night, Lane Kiffin had COVID. He couldn't coach, but since his team was 100% vaccinated, nobody else tested positive. So right. they didn't have to cancel the game. And they ended up destroying Louisville where Lane Kiffin was back in Mississippi, just hanging out watching. Um, right. But, you know, it, it didn't phase them because, you know, everyone they're like one of the few teams that are 100 percent vaccinated. Um, so and it shows how big of a deal that is like that. Yeah, that it? should be an example for every team right there. How big of a deal? Because if your head coach gets it, uh, I don't know if, whether he was vaccinated or not. But no, yeah, yes. so he is and he still got it. Yeah. But, and then no one else got it like this. Yeah. This should be a, a show that you could first of all, that you could still that we still need to be careful when we're out places, even if we have a vaccination or a mask or whatever, but also a head coach getting it could potentially end the game or even end weeks worth of play for a lot of people. A head coach is in contact with tons of people. Well, yeah, that, that would have been, especially a coach like Lane Kiffin, who is Lane Kiffin is known for his offensive prowess and his quarterback whispering. I mean, he's very hands-on with his quarterbacks in practice and in film if Lane Kiffin gets it last year, everybody, every quarterback is close contact. You go into the game with no quarterback, right? Half the offense is, is yeah. quarantined. And then you, that's why games were canceled last year. Uh, but this is a huge thing. And you think about it too, for, I mean, I know we've talked about this with Kirk cousins a little bit in the, the monetary side of things of him making millions of dollars and not being on the field as much because of quarantine and stuff like that. But when you look at it from a college perspective, first of all, they're liable for people on their campus, which makes college has always made college a different thing. And that's why they treated COVID much more um, severely and proactively than anyone else did because they have to. Um, but also from the monetary standpoint, Ole Miss doesn't play that game. That's millions of dollars of TV revenue. They're not getting. Yeah, exactly. So, th- I mean, if, if it's all about the money, I mean, I should not, it should be all about people's, health first but there's 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 other reasons there's layers a myriad of reasons um anything to get me to use the word myriad in a podcast uh of 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 reasons that this was huge and this this should show teams programs and anything that you know this you know you guys take care of things with a you know with a vaccine or whatever and this is what happens and they played on they won big it was a huge deal and um you know, it's uh, it'll be an a, it should be a season of that where just people are in and out of games 
not games being canceled. And that if it, if this is what's to come as, as, as far as most schools, this is going to be a big deal. So the um, thing is most NCAA conferences have made it that if you for, if you, if you can't play, you forfeit. Whereas last year was just rescheduling it. So that's, right. that's, I mean, that's huge for all the schools. Right. For sure. There's that's yeah. As far as the playoff money, there's so many layers of it. So, yeah. um, but hopefully we're, that's going to show us we're in, you know, in for a, more a healthier season overall across the board um and then that way we can be out watching more football games instead of at home wishing there was football exactly exactly so all right so get out and watch some football uh there's lots of teams with lots of stuff on the line this week we'll have plenty of preview coverage in the sentinel so check that out and uh yeah if you've as you've noticed a lot of our stuff is subscriber only uh you know beyond the scoreboard stuff we're working really hard to give you guys uh more coverage deeper coverage more analysis so you can read a lot more about why things happen instead of just that things happened um it's a right now it's a dollar for six months so um so make sure to check that out um it's an easy way to have get your entire season of football coverage uh support support your obviously your local newspaper but also support your your school and your your team as well um, and then, of course, poll of the week. Week two poll is up now. Um, it'll be up till uh, Wednesday mornings. It'll they run Sunday night to Wednesday morning. Uh, vote for your athlete of the week. Uh, those polls are on the site at HollandSentinel.com. And uh, yeah, get out and vote for uh, who you thought was the perform- prime performer for each week. So uh, lots of ways to interact and uh, see lots of different things. Plenty of photos, game stories, analysis, you name it. We've got it. So um Uh, check out some football and check out our coverage and uh, we'll be back to talk more football and other sports next week just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of Derek hennigan from the detroit free press a new podcast set in the woods of michigan's upper peninsula Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.